So today, in a way, I thought a timely opportunity, really, for us to consider together um, what's happening at the moment in our world and to consider what is our response as Christians, what, is, what does the Bible have to say to us about this? Um, it's been a crazy week, hasn't it? I think it's fair to say. Um, and there's probably all manner of emotions and responses for all of us in the room. Um, chances are it's affected your work, it's affected your home, it might have affected how you feel about this. This, this is big, what's happening, and that's completely understandable. And so for some of us, we will have experienced uh, fear, uh, anxiety, or at least a sense of being slightly unsettled by what's happening. For some of us, however, I just want to address anyone who this re- refers to, we might still be a little bit in denial about what's happening. Um, a sense of media hype, overreaction, a sense of what has happened, the world has gone mad, it's only a little bug, or whatever. And I must admit that at first, when this story broke about coronavirus, that was my response. I kind of ignored it for as long as I could and thought, yeah, this isn't going to be that big. This is just media hype. Seemed that the media was driving it, was cynical and all that stuff. And I just have to say to you that we're way beyond that now, just in case it needs to be said. Um, So if that's your response, if you're still in denial about this, you need to wake up and smell the coffee because this is big. This is affecting all of us and it is going to continue to affect all of us for some time. Uh, And it is going to affect our lives together and our lives at home and at work. Well, whatever your response to this, however you have responded so far, I just want to ask you um, a quick question, and I haven't got my props lined up for this, so (laughs) apologies as I just get them. But I just want to ask you, honest question, you don't have to answer, but how much of your response in the last week How has your time been divided up? How much have you looked to this? How much have you looked to this? Because what I want to help us do this morning is to look to this. This is God's everlasting, unchanging word. And this is what we need to look to right now. Great to go to here for information. Great to keep up to date with what's happening. Although I would just put a proviso, Facebook, Facebook is full of opinion. That's all you're going to get on Facebook, just opinion, other people's opinion. You want to get information, you want to get updates about what's happening, don't go to Facebook. Okay, that's my little tip on that one. But we want to consider what the Word of God has to say to us. And um, this is going to sound like a terrible kind of preacher's excuse, but um, I've had since Friday to sort of think about this and um, apply, you know, prepare for this. So what I've just done is I've just got seven scriptures to help us, seven scriptures to cling to at such a time as this. Okay, so we're just going to walk through seven scriptures, um, and we're just going to read them, and I'm going to talk a bit about them, and hopefully it's going to be helpful. (laughs) Okay, that's, that's, that's the plan for today. So seven scriptures to cling to at a time like this. Obviously, there are many more than seven, but I've just picked out seven that I feel are important for us, um, as a kind of initial response to what's happening. So, you ready? Seven scriptures. Scripture number one, um, they are all on the screen, but um, feel free to look them up if you want to or make notes. Scripture number one is Ephesians 3 verse 10. 
God's purpose was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. This is God's overarching eternal purpose for the whole of creation, revealed in a nutshell in this incredible climax to Ephesians 1 to 3. And actually, Rich's talk was on Ephesians 1 today, so do catch up on that because that's got some incredible background in terms of what God is doing through the gospel. Our God is sovereign. That is lesson one for us in what's happening at the moment. God created all things. God is all-powerful. God is working out his eternal plans and purposes through the world, through history. That is truth number one to cling to at such a time as this when there's things that are unsettling. That we know, we've had it revealed to us through scripture that our God is sovereign. He is, as we've sung, the, the savior of the world, the, the creator of the world, the one who is all-powerful over all things. All things live and breathe in him and everything's sustained in God. And he has eternal plans and purposes that he is working out. And he is working out his eternal plans and purposes through what is happening, through the outbreak of the coronavirus. This hasn't surprised God. This is something that he is working through. And it's at times like this that the church shines the brightest. And that's what I want to encourage us in. We are in an amazing position. We are right in the absolute epicenter of God's eternal purposes. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Here we are, a few of us gathered around, trying to make a bit of noise on a Sunday morning. We are right in the center of God's eternal purposes for creation. His desire is that through us, his wisdom is displayed to the world and his wisdom is displayed in the spiritual realms. And that's the wisdom of what he's done in us, the salvation he's worked in us. What, how he's changed us, how he's, he's rescued us, how we as sinful, broken human beings have come into relationship with the living God through faith in Jesus Christ and how he's working that grace out in our lives and in our lives together. That stuff is so powerful. And sometimes we, we forget that, sometimes we take it for granted, but how we are in the world shines brightly. As Jesus said, we're, we're, a, we're a city on a hill that can't be hidden. And so that's... that's that's some encouragement for us at this time. Whatever our response is, however we respond, there is a response from God that, that, that places us right at the center, that how we respond in the power of God's spirit can have a massive impact and we partner with God in what he's doing throughout the world in history. So God is able to do good and God is able to bring good through this situation. We, um, as, a, as a staff team, the Church Central staff team, we, we gather together every Tuesday morning and we spend some time praying. We did that this Tuesday and we prayed into this situation. And as we were praying, I, it almost felt a little bit strange, but I almost had something rising in me that was akin to hope, excitement, a sense that God is, God is able to bring good out of this situation. God really is. He's able to bring, like this, this, this I don't know how revivals happen because I've never lived through one, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if something like this that shakes the foundations of people's lives globally has the potential for God to use it massively for his glory. So I almost had a sense while I was praying that there's something good, there's, there's, there's the good that's going to come out of this. So lesson number one is God is sovereign. Absolute bedrock and we can cling to that. And there's so many other scriptures that we can uh, meditate on that, that remind us of that. But you might say to me, but Owen, people are going to die, aren't they? How can this be good? Okay. And this brings us on to 
Scripture number two. Before we go there, before we put it up, could you get up? Thanks. <laughs> look at your hand. Just, just look at look at one of your hands. Look at how wide it is. I've got reasonably wide hands, but just look at how wide. Even my reasonably wide hands are like that that wide. Okay, just think about how wide your hands are. Okay, now, now thanks, Alec. <laughs> now we can read Psalm thirty-nine, verse four to seven. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. The best, each of us, is but a breath. As a race, we have forgotten this. We live as if we are immortal. But the fact is that life is a gift from God. It's something he gives and something he takes away. And it is short. Our lives are short in the great scheme of things. And actually, I mean, you read the rest of that psalm because I've, I've just homed in on the bit that really talks about that. But it's set in the context of this wonderful God who gives us life and who loves us and who loves us like a father and who wants to bless us and wants to work through our lives. And obviously, as we're going to come on to see, our, even though our lives are fleeting, even though our lives are a breath, the gospel teaches us that God made a way for us to be saved, to have eternal life. But it's important for us at times like this to remember our mortality and to remember that this isn't surprising, actually, what's happening. Um, this stuff happens. People die. Yeah? It's, it's going to happen to all of us. Death is a, is a reality of life. And so the current times we are in, I would say, offer us a unique opportunity to live in joyful daily submission and dependence on God. That's an opportunity for us to, 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 to almost every day, more than ever, to wake up and say, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for my life. Thank you for health. Thank you for what you, you give us. So perhaps lesson two, scripture two, gives us a healthy dose of our mortality. Scripture number three is Ecclesiastes 1, verse 2. And it says, everything is meaningless, says the teacher. Completely meaningless. Or in another translation, it says, vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All is vanity. Let's just read through the next few verses of that chapter in Ecclesiastes chapter 1. The teacher writes, What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets, then hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south, then turns north. Around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. Verse 9, history merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here is something new. But actually, it is old. 
Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past, and in the future generations, no one will remember what we are doing. And in Psalm 39, it continues in verse 6, we are merely moving shadows, and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it. And this is wisdom from our God about life. And it's so true. And I think one of the things about this situation is it's making us stop and remember the futility of much of our modern life. So much of the priorities, the things that, that, that are important, the things that, that, that you hear about on the news, the things that we care about, so much of it doesn't really matter. And as we know, and, and you, you probably said this or heard this, this isn't the first time there's been this kind of issue. Throughout human history, there's been all kinds of outbreaks, pandemics, things that have um, affected life, and it isn't a new thing, as the teacher says. So the opportunity here for us is to get our priorities right and think about what really matters. Just take a moment to think about that. Think about what, what really matters. What are the things that most matter in life? If you had to put a top three, top four things that really, really matter in your life, would they include things like what you're wearing, what, what's your Instagram profile, how popular you are at school or in your work? Would they really include how successful you are in your work or in your life? We don't consist of these things. These aren't the things that define us. And there's an opportunity for us, as, as things are stripped away perhaps, to just recognize what, what really matters. And we are, again, uniquely placed as God's church to know that, to know what really matters and to be able to model it to a watching world. Number four, Scripture four, is James 4, verse 13 to 15. I've been thinking about this a lot this week. This is such a good passage. James 4, 13 to 15. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money, why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. It's a Bible verse that kind of, it's one of those ones that sort of slips into the background for most of life and we kind of conveniently ignore at times like this, I think Bible verses like this come back to us and we're reminded of what God says in his word. We need to hold our plans lightly right now. That's something I want to encourage you with. Hold your plans lightly. Um, and not out of despair, not out of anxiety, out of faith. Reverent faith in this God who is sovereign over all things. We can't predict the future. We can't plan our lives out. I know we live as if we do, we live as if we can, and there's nothing wrong with making plans. But here's what it says in Proverbs 16:9: We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So we need to have that attitude of God willing, God willing, this or that will happen. God willing, we'll be here meeting again next Sunday. You know, God willing, we'll be celebrating Easter together on Easter Sunday here, things like that. We need to hold our plans lightly. 
and you know there's some pretty big plans coming up there's there's holiday plans there's there's plans with work there's 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 major kind of family plans um, there's exams and studies you know there's some big things that we have in our lives and that other people in the world around us have in their lives which are being disrupted by this there's there's whether Liverpool are going to win the premiership it obviously you know things like that which are really important <laughs> and but it, this is it affects us all in different ways and so we need to hold it lightly just quickly on this I want to address how we're working this out as a church because it's really important, because over the next few weeks, probably, um, we're going to have to be really clear in terms of how we communicate. Firstly, I want to say, reassure you, we are following the latest advice, okay, just as any organization would be. We're putting things in place. I sent an email out this week with our policy, um, which we'll probably need rewriting um, as things change. But our plan is very much, yes, we are still meeting every Sunday here at Lordswood. We are 100% still meeting in life groups at, at homes. Um, and this is, you know, the, the general advice, which I don't need to repeat, is obviously if you feel ill, stay at home, self-isolate. You know, we would support that. And um, so if you're feeling ill, probably best not to come to stuff. Um, but um, if you're fine, then events will very much still on and I heartily encourage you to come along. Events like the river, which is happening this evening, very much still on. Um, and I mean, I'm leading tonight, I've been thinking about that and preparing for that and really want to lead in response to this really to, to, for us to worship God and, and come to his presence at, at this time and, and get our perspective and then pray and, and intercede for the world. Um, so really encourage you to come along tonight to the river uh, and uh, join in doing that. We're due to have a prayer meeting next Sunday, hoping that will, ha- that will happen the Freedom in Christ Away Day that we're planning at Central House on Saturday the 28th of March, very much still on as well. Um, okay, so plans still, uh, still on. Um, time for tea has been cancelled, um, and that's perhaps understandable with the, 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 the group that that reaches uh, would be in the vulnerable category, so good call's been made there. Just a couple of really practical things about this. I want to encourage you to make sure that your, your details on the I Know Church system are up to date so that we can contact you. Okay, it's just a couple of things about how to do that. Log on to I Know Church through the Church Central website and then we've got, I've done a little screenshot to show you what you need to do. Okay, when you log in to I Know Church, this is what it looks like. It says a dashboard. If you click on the thing that says me, it takes you through to a list here of, um, at the scroll to the bottom, and it shows you your preferences. It says, I'm happy to be contacted by home phone, post, email, mobile, give permission for my data to be, to be stored. You need to check those boxes, make sure that your personal email and mobile numbers are up to date, and then click save. Okay, I want to encourage everyone to do that, real practical step, because we probably will be needing to communicate more by that medium, um, and if if in the weeks to come we're not able to meet on Sundays, then that will become more important. So really encourage you to, um, to make sure you've done that, make sure you give permission to contact, um, because if you haven't given your permission to contact, the system automatically stops us from contacting you. So you have to give your permission. So please, please do that. And I want to say as well, just 
pastorally, we really want to help and look after people during this time. And if you are having to self-isolate, as some people, some of the, if you think some of the chairs are empty, there are some people who are having to do that right now. And um, I imagine that that's not very nice kind of thing to have to do to lock yourself away for a week so we really want to look after people and encourage you and pray for you and support you if you are off in isolation so I want to ask you if, if, if that happens and you do get ill you have to stay at home please would you let me know just drop me an email drop me a text or let your life group leader know or let one of the other leaders of the church know because we just want to be we don't want you to be isolated while you're in isolation and we want to get some support around you and want to to um to support one another so just very practically please do let someone know and uh, that can be fed back to us and we can coordinate a bit of a response but we're going to be continuing to work out what it says in hebrews 10 do not give up the habit of meeting together that's a really important scripture for this time and uh we will remain committed to meeting together in homes, uh, in whatever way we can, and using technology if we need to as well. Okay, so we're going to be working this out. We're going to be making sure that we can continue to meet together. So lesson four is hold plans lightly and live in joyful, humble, reverential submission to God. Okay, racing through the rest of them. Lesson five is Philippians 2, 3 to 4. Don't be selfish, writes the Apostle Paul. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only your own interests, but take an interest in others too. The times we live in are obviously anxiety-inducing, and they can bring out the worst in people, as we've all seen. The panic, selfishness, the spreading of fear and misinformation, the, the putting our own needs above those of others. And I want to encourage you all to put this into practice. Okay, I want to encourage you, when you go to the shop, just get what you need. Think about those in the community who also need what they need. Resist the temptation to hoard, to panic by. That's not the Jesus way. The Jesus way is to look after other people's needs before your own. If someone in the church is vulnerable or is isolated, let's help each other. Let's, let's look out for each other. Let's drop around food and things like that. Maybe go and speak to the people on your road. Perhaps there's a, you have an elderly neighbor or something like that. Why don't you go and just check in on them, see if people are okay. Ask if there's anything that you can do. Can you pop to the shop? How can you use your health and your fitness to bless others who might be ill or others who might be vulnerable at the moment? So, lesson five, others before ourselves. That's the Jesus way. It's possibly the most challenging one. But actually, how can we, again, just back to where we started, the church. The church is the hope of the world, and this is an opportunity for us to step up, to reach out, to cross over the street to the other side, and to reach out to our neighbors. Number six is... John eleven, twenty five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. This is 
our hope. This is the, the big, big, big thing that we have to give the world. Isn't it isn't one of the things that's, that's sad at the moment? It's just the lack of hope. And we've seen this for some time. We've seen this in, in, in society for a while. There's been things that have been grinding on that have been sort of causing division and, 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 and the, the tone of public debate has become more angsty. There's more, more anxiety around in the air. There's more of a sense of hopelessness. And yet here we, we have hope. Jesus Christ, our living hope, the resurrection and the life. That you believe in him, you have eternal life. That he's the one who died. He was sent outside the city. He was sent into isolation outside the city on the cross. Died an ignominious death and yet rose back to life three days later and is now alive forevermore and reigning in heaven. He's the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the one who holds the keys to death and Hades, the one who gives us eternal life, and he gives it freely to anyone that will believe in him. We have something that the world does not have, hope, hope that goes beyond the grave. Psalm 39 concludes in verse 7, And so, Lord... Having considered my mortality, having considered how frail I am, how much of a breath I am, and so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. And I suggest for us, we need to feed on this. We need to feed on the gospel. Let's, let's take it up a notch. You know, sometimes we can live with apathy, can't we? Sometimes we can live with just a bit of a sense of we're coasting. Now is not the time to do that. For us as Christians, now is the time to clutch on, to hang on, to cling on tightly to the hope that we have in Jesus and to celebrate it and to, to rejoice in it daily. Hallelujah, I'm going to live forever. And, and God is my protector. He doesn't promise to protect me from getting ill. He doesn't promise to, that I won't die of coronavirus or anything. Death is a part of life, but we have a hope that goes beyond the grave, and that's something to really, really uh, feed on at the moment. I was um, in my local bike shop uh, over the, uh, on Friday, I think it was, having a chat with the guy in there, had a really good conversation with him. It's quite a philosophical chat, and, and he, he knows what I do. Um, I uh, told him that I lead church, and, um, and he said, we were talking about the situation, and he said, yeah, I think you're going to be busier over the next few months, aren't you? because people are going to be asking big, big questions. And, um, and he said this quite profound thing. He said, for some people, it will really test their faith uh, and you know, it might cause people to lose their faith. But for other people, they're really going to find faith through this. And this is an agnostic saying this. I said, yeah, I, I think that's, that's right. And so I think and I hope and I pray that that is true, that through this, God will... will, will, will will shake the foundations a little bit for people and will, will cause people to look to him, to cry out to him. And it's an opportunity for us to, to openly share Jesus. Well, our vision is to see Jesus talked about. Well, what a great opportunity that we have now to talk about our hope, to talk about how we're not afraid, we don't have to fear, because we know this living God who's given us hope beyond the grave. As I've said, there's so many more scriptures <laughs> that we could have used but I've just pulled together a few um, over the weekend. And, and the final one I want to say is um, Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. 
This is during the reading of the law um, to Israel when um, Moses is giving the law and summarizing it for the people of Israel. And he says, he's talking about the laws and statutes of God. He says, repeat these again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. And something that's come home to me over the last few days is the need to lead my, f- my family and my children particularly through this. Um, as a child, what's going on is, is bewildering and scary, okay, as it is for grown-ups as well. But particularly for children, they need help. If you're a parent, I want to encourage you, apply this verse to the present time. Need to need to encourage, need to, need, to, need to teach, need to reassure. It's an opportunity, again, to do essentially what I've just done for the last 25 minutes or so, is just remind your children of the truth. Remind them of, of the hope that there is in Jesus. Remind them of, of the perspective that we can have because of God's sovereignty. And I, I just want to say to you that you know, you might be fine. You might just kind of think, well, I'm cool. This is fine. This isn't a problem for me. What's going on? No problem whatsoever. Just think about this, that the chances are that someone in your household will be feeling really anxious about this. It might be you. It might be your spouse. It might be one of your children. But someone is going to be feeling anxious about this. So we need to pull together. We need to teach these things and steer each other towards putting our hope in God. In a little while, we're going to pray. Um, when, we, when we return to worship, Sanjay's going to lead us in worship. We're going to get into the perspective of God's goodness, and we're going to, we're going to worship, but we're going to then pray into this situation, because I, I, that's the other thing. I haven't got a scripture for that. I could have chosen any scripture that talks about praying, but our response should be to pray. We, we, we need to pray at the moment. We need to stand and intercede for our world. We need to pray for God, God's glory in all of this. We need to pray that there's an antidote for the coronavirus and that, that, that God turns it around because it would be lovely, wouldn't it, for it to not um, hamper the world um, for, in the way that it is. I, I, think, I think there's loads of ways in which we can pray at the moment. Just pray, pray, pray. And uh, I want to encourage you to do that too. Having said that, I'm just going to finish in prayer and then we shall move on from there. Father, we thank you, Lord, that there is so much hope. When we look at you, we see a perspective. We look at you and we see the answers to um, the cries of our hearts. Thank you that you are the eternal God who made the world and you're totally good. You're a father who has compassion on his children. Thank you that when we put our hope in you, we come under your wing, we know your divine protection. Lord, thank you that we are in the best place putting our hope in you. I want to pray, Lord, help us as a church um, to see what you're doing, to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit at this time. We want to respond in the way that you want us to, Lord. With faith, not fear, and with, with a, a sense of your perspective. Thank you for the peace that we can know as well. Pray that the peace of God would rest on us. We pray for the peace of God to rest on our city. 
And Lord, teach us how to pray, we say, at this time as well. For your glory. Amen.